1: welcome to cast and crank podcast today we have chris from dark seas great podcast uh gives you a breakdown on the whole story of dark seas it's really cool they have a great backstory um they did some crazy crazy stuff and i I really enjoyed talking to him he uh we had a lot in common and uh yeah man Check out Dark Seas. They're doing that discount code with us. So if you go to Cast and Crank uh, on Instagram, you can see a link. Please go to that link. Order some stuff from Dark Seas. at 30% off. Great deal. They're helping support the podcast, so help support them. And uh, next week, we have Alex from Realistic Raps. Fourth um, of July was kind of crazy. Uh, you could see me on a stupid fucking Instagram post where I eat shit and then you can go to, I think it's America's got no talent and you can see me eat shit on there and yell for my son's friend kidding around. Um, <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Thank God I got some tough skin cause these kid these people say some bad shit on there. How fucking fat and stupid I am. <laughs> it makes me laugh because I don't give a fuck. Fuck them. Um, Next thing we have is That's it man Next week will be Alex uh, This week is my son's birthday So I'm stoked And Axton come here Come here I'm gonna let my son talk real quick Come here Come here he's gonna be three Say hi He's real shy Say hi daddy Hi daddy Okay. That's good enough for me. So I'm letting my son talk. It's his, uh, on Wednesday, it's his third birthday. I'm stoked. And, uh, this fucking fat old man's going to be 40 on Saturday. So, uh, pound of beer for me this weekend, guys. I think this is going to be it for me. I got to, I got to clean my act up and, uh, tighten it up because I'm, uh, I'm not going to live forever and I I, I want to live as long as I can. So I think this is gonna be a last hurrah for me for a minute, not trying to get trash no more and or maybe just only drink on the podcast. How about that? Let's do that. I like drinking every weekend, but maybe I need to stop it and just drink on the podcast. That'd be good enough for me. Either way, that's a that's a lot of that's a big cut back for me. I like drinking a lot. Like I'm drinking right now. But Um Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. My birthday. Hopefully I can work on my boat this weekend. I think I might go fishing, have some buddies over, hang out, eat some tacos, swim a little That's about it, man. If you guys can do me a favor for my birthday, give me a uh, five-star review on iTunes. And uh, that's about it, man. I hope you guys like this episode. Please go support Dark Seas, a great supporter of the podcast. And listen for Alex from Realistic Raps next week. Thank you.
0: No, not at all. Even, I lay, that, even I lay being lay part so, of
1: Obey, you never.
0: No, nah, I mean, it, it, there's been a couple over the years, but I lay so low. That's really? a yeah. It's hard. Even uh, um, I'm definitely like the behind the scenes dude. Like mm-hmm. I, I uh, call myself the jack of all trades, master of none. Always. <laughs> that's that's my deal. Like yeah. I, as I went through Obey, um, well, let's uh, start
1: by introducing okay. you because I don't want okay. to be like, hey, oh yeah, what yeah no, totally, about.
0: totally, totally Let's do it. You <laughs> let <laughs> me know when, when we're straight. recording. I'm,
1: make sure I'm not. Flipping and no, this is we're recording already, but well, I, I All like right. talking like Good this sometimes totally. in the beginning. Uh, we have Chris from Dark Seas, you're a primary owner, right?
0: I am uh, actually I have partners, partners in, in okay. the brand. Yep, how yep.
1: many partners are there?
0: There are uh, so, founder is uh, Adrian Lopez. Okay. Uh, he started the brand Professional Skateboarder, uh, he started in 2009. Uh, he's a partner in the brand, uh, myself, and then I have a couple other partners that came aboard. Um, we have an entity called uh, 132 Incorporated. Uh, been in the apparel business for for years and uh, obey is the, probably the best known uh brand that we have under under our house as well did
1: you uh, so did you guys start obey first and this was a second child of obey like
0: it, exactly did you make and, and the,
1: uh, so I get, what do they call it when you make like a a title name you're under and then you have the exactly so, main, main, 132 you, or 132 so
0: yeah one three two is our main corporation there were okay. four, four original partners um on the obey side me being one of those guys mm-hmm. um and uh, two of my partners came from entities uh, prior in the action sport industry that were multi-brand houses basically okay uh so we always had the dream of kind of uh, doing something similar to that uh, we saw some uh some great success, I guess, uh, in these other entities and uh, wanted to do multiple brands under our roof. Um, I will say with the obey thing, uh, ju- such a, um, a, it took about five years to get it kind of really cooking and off the ground. And uh, I felt
1: like that, you're from Orange County, right? Yeah. I felt yeah. like that was an LA thing.
0: It, it Definitely. I mean, for me, right. it, when I grew up, I felt like it was like New York based, you know, okay, kind of yeah. like, I always knew of like the, kind of the mystery behind this dude, the street vigilante that put the stuff so up. So did
1: you get, have to get a hold of the dude and like, yeah,
0: totally be totally. like, Hey, we want to do. Yep, yep. Yep. So his name is Shepard Ferry, um, the artist behind the Obey side of things. Uh, and I'm, I come from, uh, lit, born and raised in Orange County. Uh, music, art, and action sports Were kind of my biggest uh, yeah, Passions basically yeah. in life And I love design aspect as well um, But I love graffiti I, I kind of gravitated in, in my like uh, mid to later teens And through high school really? I, I really liked graffiti Where did you
1: grow up in Orange County? I
0: was in uh, Lake Forest, Mission Viejo okay. went, went to El Toro High School um, Did you and, ever get some pieces up on the wall? Yeah, uh, I uh, no pieces like illegal pieces on the walls. Uh, t- tons of respect, man. And I, I had uh, three or four uh, friends that were pretty entrenched in the scene. There my, used to be my the-
1: brother-in-law was in a big. Uh, Uh, Graffiti Crew? Yeah, called uh, LSD. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. He was one of the main guys. Yeah, he's... Yeah, there's... um, (laughs) The mix of, like, kind of uh, um, some of the apparel stuff that was going on, there's a brand called Gypsies and Thieves, Mm -hmm. who I was a huge fan of. Oh, my gosh. We talked about this with who? I just heard you mention it. I was talking, because
1: there was a place in Uptown Whittier that had all graffiti apparel, so I liked the drawings. Yep. So there was one called... um, It was Gypsies and Thieves, and then there was one... Oh gosh, I loved it. Stupid, Dog pound, was yeah. Dog, Dog, pound. Dog pound was
0: around. Gosh, um, uh, there's obviously there looked,
1: was a there was a couple like I loved, and they had all these cool uh, like characters, and yep, they all looked the yeah, same, and they had totally, big totally. fat totally. shoes. I was gonna a, say
0: that yeah, 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 yeah. they'd have uh, shell toed you know, shoes, <laughs> fat, fat yeah. laces, and shit on them. Um, street, um, street, street, street beat, street beat. Yeah, yeah, magazine you you'd look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Con Art was another big yes, brand back in that day. But anyways, yeah, I loved all the art. I always had an art background, and loved all the art. And I would see, in the graffiti magazines, it, at the time I would go buy stuff at Tower Records, um, there was a uh, magazine called While You are Sleeping that was from the East Coast. Uh, and I would see Shepard's Pieces up. And it was yeah. unique because it wasn't graffiti per se. It was actually um, pasted uh, stuff. So he would do large format. What
1: the, year was that? Gosh,
0: 90-ish. Well, I'm sorry. Th- this would be like in... When
1: you were like seeing the, the when pictures. I was, I was
0: starting to see this stuff. That's like 87, oh, yeah. 88, somewhere probably in that zone. Also, uh, let me circle back just a tiny little bit, uh, in Huntington Beach, there were legal graffiti walls as well Yeah, um, at the time. So that was pretty sick, like being able to like, go surf up in that zone, and then we'd roll by the walls, and, and just uh, that stuff was always very captivating to me. So mm-hmm. anyways, um, there was a magazine called While You're Sleeping, East Coast. Uh, I would go buy that thing at Tower Records, just super inspiring, and I started seeing Shepard stuff. Also, at the same time, I'd go up and snowboard, say, at the local mountains or go to Mammoth. And you'd see these Obey um, uh, has a posse stickers everywhere on the lift poles at, you know, Wahoos when you'd go eat in town yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, where, <laughs> where is this coming from? You right. know. Anyways, um, long story, uh, probably longer here. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I became kind of I really like liked what this dude was all about. I felt like it was a little bit different than uh, aerosol art, which I had huge respect for as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, one of my now partners is a screen printer and, uh, I had a couple brands prior to obey, um, that I had screen printed with him and we became really tight. We didn't
1: even... Go anywhere? The previous not,
0: mans? not really. It, it's funny because I think we had the the store that you're talking about in Whittier. I think we sold to them. It was kind of a. It was
1: in Uptown Whittier, right? It, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, that it was, was
0: the store. Our, I wish
1: I knew the name of it. I love. I used to shop there for my clothes when I was yeah. Yeah, in totally. there school. were
0: only a few. I mean, there was yes. a place called Beat Nonstop up in uh, L.A. on Melrose. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the one in San Diego. Um, but anyways, there there were three or four like key like kind of graffiti slash yeah. rave slash like what they, they the kind of the
1: previous company if you don't mind. It asking. was
0: called. Well, I started uh, the brand was called Flash, which was really kind. Kind of just a, a spinoff or knockoff of Fresh Jive uh, yeah. back in the day. And I love the Jive, Jive stuff. Oh, yeah. So I cut my teeth there. Um, this is my first time actually uh, screen printing and, and uh, selling stuff to retail um, and kind of figuring that out. Quickly transitioned to, I did a uh, kind of spun off of that and got into a snowboard brand. Um, so I, I built snowboard outerwear Rope apparel. Rope was the new that one. was called Square One. That's um, a bigger band. Really? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean there, it oftentimes gets mistaken for, there was another brand called... Uh, Four Square, um, no, yeah. Okay yeah, okay. okay, yeah, yeah. And people always okay, always like, hey, there's Foursquare. Yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah, that, that's not us. So <laughs> that came a little bit after we did Square One. Uh, Foursquare was done by Raw and the guys that did Special Blend as well. Wow. Great, great. I mean, those guys had an amazing program going. Yeah. So yeah, small, small little brand, but it, it afforded me the ability to start um, learning the ropes as far as manufacturing, screen printing, started going offshore, building product in China, Taiwan got to travel to Japan to uh, we had a distributor over there so that's kind of that my my background uh, as far as apparel goes um, but to loop back to the the shepherd side of things um, so this
1: is you're, you you came up to the story where now you finished square one now you're going to the obey yes okay. exactly
0: so I met my friend that's a screen printer who is one of my original partners um through these other brands that i was doing um and he and i were really into music and he actually had a a membership at the foundation room up in uh la at the house of blues yeah um he was nice enough to invite me along he's uh, just slightly older than myself but uh He, um, super into music as well, took me up there. I think, I can't remember if we saw The Cult maybe that night. Oh, no way. Um, Yeah, I was a huge Cult fan as well. So I went and saw The Cult, um, and we just happened to turn on a corner in Sunset um, uh, by House of Blues, and there was an icon face from Obey, and the paste was dripping off of it. And I freaked out, and uh, he had never heard anything about him. I'm like, man that poster is fresh like the dude this guy has been here like he literally just put this poster up (laughs) yeah and i had no encounter with him on the west coast whatsoever i just seen him in magazines you know him putting stuff up on billboards so um it really kind of uh sparked my interest like man that's crazy he's he's out here like there's a piece i witnessed you know it's literally dripping yeah um but he's long gone at this point it just added to kind of my intrigue about this whole program fast forward a little bit probably six months to a year later uh by random chance Um, I shared space with my friend that's a screen printer and um, I had the upstairs from my snowboard brand walk downstairs and there was a package on his desk and it had uh, Obey artwork on it Um, and it uh, the guy from Obey had inquired about uh, doing screen printing with him. Um, and I walked down and I'm like, Hey, where did this package come from? We were going go to go lunch that day. And he's like, Oh, this guy dropped it off. He wants to print some shirts. I'm like, do you remember that poster we saw, you know, like six months or a year ago? I'm like, this is that dude. Where, where is he? Who, what's his name? You yeah. know, he's like, Oh, it's this guy, Shepard Ferry. And, and, uh, he has this studio down in San Diego. So oh. I'm like, we need to get a hold of this dude. Let's go talk <laughs> to him. So, um, he and I, uh, scheduled an appointment with Shepard and, and we went down, um, and, uh, and met with him. He had a studio down in downtown San Diego at the time and uh, we started negotiating um, and talking with him about building an apparel brand based on Obey Giant, basically.
1: And what year was that?
0: That was, oh gosh, 92, 93, somewhere wow. in there. I think it's when the, the original talk started. Yeah. yeah. And then quickly we brought in the two other people that were at a company that had multi-brands, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so that's, that was the start of Obey. And it took us five or six years to really kind of get it. Off the ground, we work very closely with Shepard. Still to this day, Shepard's highly involved in, in this whole, um, you know, the Project Obey project. Um, but we always want to do multiple brands. And uh, Loser Machine and Dark Seas came to us. Uh, we were friends in the industry with, uh, with a guy named Kevin Kosha. Loser Machine. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> and Adrian Lopez. Adrian's a professional yeah, skateboarder. Yeah. And I was a huge fan, you know, watching Adrian's uh, videos back in the day um, for, uh, for Zero, Jamie Thomas's whole deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, just legendary status, th- this guy. So big fan of his. Uh, we got plugged in through Kevin Kosha, who was doing all the sales and some of the production for Loser Machine at the time. Uh, and they talked to us a little bit about uh, some uh, kind of production-related aspects, some sales and stuff. And when we went down and, and started talking with these guys, we really liked what Loser Machine stood for. And we felt like it was carving a lane or a niche in the industry much like Obey did way yeah. back, you know, years prior. It just had a unique perspective in, in our marketplace. Mm-hmm. So we started talking with those guys um, a little bit more seriously about potentially bringing them up in-house or helping them uh, in some, some way to help build Loser Machine more. Um, and with that, uh, we started delving into some of their archives of their art. And we saw within their art, they had a thing. It was uh, the Dark Seas division of Loser Machine. The creative uh, behind um, Loser Machine is this guy named Dennett, who um, has a pretty legendary um, uh, past in the sense of just uh, the concepts and brands that he's helped create mm-hmm. with Adrian. Um, and uh, Dennett uh, was into, he liked to surf. Uh, Kevin Kosha, the sales guy, also another another avid surfer. Um, and so these guys like kind of the coastal lifestyle surf um, aspect. Uh, so those guys started the Dark Seas division. They wanted kind of a water division of what Loser Machine stood okay. for. Yeah. Wow. So, loser machine is basically a um uh, that's the next
1: question look you're on top uh, of it I'll yeah, asking, <laughs> explain to people what yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah so loser machine is uh, I would say it's uh, it definitely obviously r- rooted at its core in skateboarding Adrian is a you know skateboarder for life yeah um, but uh, Adrian also uh, big big um, into motor culture so that's old cars bikes mm-hmm. loves kind of Harleys and and, and uh, old motorcycles and stuff in general so it really was kind of meshing in the early days it was kind of choppers meet skateboarding yeah um, you know there were Couple guys, Jason Jesse, and some others that were in that lane, but Loser Machine um, was really, I feel like, one of the brands that uh, was making a little bit more public run at it and and kind of building a brand. They had helmets when we first started dealing with them. Yeah. Um, what year did you start dealing
1: with Loser Machine? So like, uh, like it on?
0: was 2000, uh, around 2010 ish, 2011 is, is when we started talking with did them. Did you
1: have Did you have um, Mark doing stuff then?
0: Schwinier? yeah. Uh, Mark came aboard much, much later. Okay. Yeah, just in the past couple of years, we've yeah. known, known of Mark forever, and it's funny because he's obviously he's tied tied with you, which is so yeah. interesting to hear. I love the connection there. His music background, Um yeah. always been. Big.
1: And he's a throwdown guy, so you know, totally, yeah, he totally, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so many, so many ties. Yeah. Um, yeah, huge fan of Mark's work, but it was much, much later when we started connecting with him yeah. to actually work work with him. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy.
1: So then, when when you. Uh, saw the dark seas division part of it. Is it dark seas division? Is that what you guys call yeah, it? Yeah, so
0: it started as dark seas division. Since we've, I mean, we still use div or division occasionally um, in some of the uh, mm-hmm. pieces. Most often though, it's just dark seas, okay. you know, to us at, at, the, yeah. at this point. Um, so yeah, we brought, brought, uh, brought those guys. We ended up uh, working with them and bringing them in house under this kind of multi-brand concept. Yeah. And I had always been on the Obey side of, of business for years. Mentioned earlier a little bit, I consider myself kind of jack of all trades, master of none in the sense of, I mean, it did everything from, uh, you know, helping build the trade show boost through some accounting, through some of the creative, um, some of the design work really, really early on as far as some of the apparel until basically as we grew, all that stuff got handed off to guys who had way, guys and girls who had way more experience or way better at it than me. Do you still but, like, uh, do
1: you still like dabbling with the the is there one thing you really still like to do? I right mean, now?
0: for me, marketing and creative, marketing is, and creative is yeah ideas. is kind of I, I love um, I love the creative aspect of things. Yeah. And, and with today's world, um, we can segue into it later. But uh, as, um, as much of a demand as there is for um, assets, you know, creatives and stuff, I, I think that's that's a big role that I played now with the with the dark sea side of things. Here's a
1: question I, I really wanted to ask you: um, Do you think to me when I buy a shirt? I love seeing that original logo, no matter, no matter what it is, okay? Yep. Do you th- feel like when you play with artwork or you do some kind of play on artwork, you always try to keep somewhat of the original logo and not try to veer off into another design too much? Do you feel like that could hurt you as a company?
0: I Yeah, it is important. And I think it took us years to learn some of the kind of the rhythm of, especially I would say on the dark sea side of yeah. things. I think when the, the DNA of, of Dark Seas, when it came out of the Loser Machine kind of um, birthing process, as a we, it, it's funny because we've called it the redhead stepchild or the stepbrother at some time, whatever, whatever term you want to use, yeah. but it, it, uh, for lack of a better term, Dark Seas was fairly edgy. We, we had some nerve-touching stuff um, within the brand, mm-hmm. and I think it wasn't until we kind of uh, chilled out a little bit on, on being as edgy that, that the brand started to gain a little bit more mo- momentum yeah um so but to circle back on your thing i think it is really important and we did with that we did kind of settle in on we've had multiple kind of logos and and we weren't like was never 110 percent like this is the one like we're pressing forward with that but
1: those tritons i, I was I going to say the, like cro- the yeah. cross
0: tritons we call it the headmaster logo once yeah. we once that thing hit that thing kind of grabbed and and it, it like we finally got to a point point. Like okay, that that is our core corporate logo, basically. So you kinda
1: try to play around that main logo when
0: Uh, you're doing something. Oftentimes, definitely. Those elements I like that. That's
1: one thing that I noticed about like I like when I when I find something, I like um, you could t- I have no fucking clothes. I'm, you know, I, I do construction in my house, and I'll just wear anything. Totally, shit. Totally. My shoes are fucked up. I got bad shoes. <laughs> oh, you got good shoes right there, man. The new ones, <laughs> so the five seven, fours, yeah. is the best. So I'm like, when I find something and I like it, yeah, I'll buy that same fucking shirt over and over. Totally. If I know it's that design and it's simple, yep. that's just me. I always had that question: is like with a bigger company, I feel like Salty Crew does the same thing, kind of like where they'll stay in their lane and kind of keep that logo, definitely but work around it. And uh, I'm sure it could work the other way where you know you might be able to design some shirt and
0: it it's hard it, it can become a little bit more hit or miss, but you're you're touching <laughs> on a subject that's really it is important because you you have these foundational we call yeah. them like uh, we call them evergreen product you know there's you're as a designer or a, as a uh, brand manager uh, or marketing, you always want to be on to the next thing you want to try to create that spark or this interest, but it also is very important to have these kind of uh, kind of key elements that are evergreen and that you can capitalize on season after season if you've built the trust of a
1: client shoot it up a little
0: you got it there you go perfect if you um if you can build product that you gain the trust of a consumer like you're talking about um and you know season after season they can replace it maybe you add a new colorway or something like that people don't understand like
1: when you put i'm learning this that's why i'm going to talk about Yeah, yeah you put a lot of money into say one new shirt design yep and you make Five different SKUs, right? I mean, that's how it works. Totally, like, yeah, totally. Then what happens? And you're screwed if like it doesn't do. I'm sure that's happened. Oh yeah, where it's just like oh, no yeah. one like this shirt. It's yep. like what
0: do you do? Yep, yep, yeah. It's uh, in any given we do four seasons a year with the brand, um, and each one of those seasons we run probably somewhere between fifteen and twenty pieces of original art. So we have a roster of artists. I would say somewhere between uh, five and ten people at any given time uh, that we work with. And it could be something, uh, you know, Tattoo Flash, we, we have a go-to guy, this mm-hmm. guy Wyatt Vandergeest, or, um, you know, if it's a real illustrated line art uh, piece or something along those lines, we kind of know where we're going Who with does that. that? We have, it depends, depends on exactly what it is, but okay. uh, you know, we have several people we consistently work with, and that's been a really, really fun thing, too, is to kind of develop this group of artists and be very loyal to them. Um, we have a gentleman. That's a big.
1: That's a big uh, thing nowadays to me is loyalty. If you can build that loyalty with someone, even if it's like something like you're talking about, yep. I think that goes such a far away, man. And it, I think that makes your your companies have so much more integrity. At the same time, you yeah, know? it's
0: it's important to us. I mean, it, it really. It, you know, it's, it takes a while to settle in, and when you find the right people and you find these lanes, like we've worked with this gentleman named Grimm, He's from Japan, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he's done a lot of this stuff. That's really like heavy, like um, black and white stuff. Um, he did a shark force for instance, and that, that thing's kind of been on everything now from a yeah. little patch on a shirt to, <laughs> you know, designs and, and uh, it, it just happened to click that thing worked really well. But we've been with him since the beginning. We consistently work with him for art. Very unique gentleman. He actually hand paints everything on Plex for us. So when we get it, it's on Plexiglass. We have to physically shoot it and, and create vector art out of it. But uh I mentioned that because the respect we have for the fact that he is literally painting these things by hand. He's not creating them in the yeah. computer. It's, Which is a it's, big difference it's nowadays I mean, with it's...
1: uh with I've noticed is like when someone could do it on Photoshop or
0: yep. you know, yep. I'm
1: I I've dabbled in Photoshop and uh premiere. And right? I've learned a lot like and even After Effects, I've done shit like I'm like, oh, man. You know, just learning how to do like totally. a little fix the totally. graphic or, yep. you know, I wanted the cast and crank, but I didn't, wa- I just wanted it to be a shadow. Like totally. I put in the videos and it's a learning process, but doing it by hand is like, man, you know, like that's... It's, it, I mean, we,
0: it's, it's, uh, I think it's harkens back to, we just all geek out on that stuff. I have such a great appreciation for art in general. And it could be, I mean, there's guys that are amazing in you know, all digital. And then there's guys that... Um, I, I come from also, I love old cars, motorcycles, and, yeah. and kind of cultural, uh, the stuff that sort of surrounds that culturally. So growing up on like Ed Roth, for instance, or yeah. like pinstripers and that type of stuff, I yeah. I really geek out Ed on that Roth, stuff. Man. Yeah, I mean, Mark Schminier, obviously, yeah. extremely talented painter and, yes. stri- and pinstriper and stuff. Um, you know, He does everything. I love like the old gold leaf and gilding and just... All those like people that can do those types of things, they're, they're old school things that are, are almost dying arts. That you know, it there seems to be another resurgence of it now, but yeah. And anytime we can work with an artist that has that skill set or that makes things unique, it's it's great. We work this guy, uh, his name is Tukey, he's uh. Um, comes from the hot rod culture uh, as well. Just a young, very talented guy, hand paints all, like all the lettering is all hand done. Oh, wow. So when we do, um, he's done a lot of grunting stuff for us and it's all unique hand lettered pieces that that come from him. And, that process is is interesting because these guys don't work on computers whatsoever. So we convert once we get it, we have to yeah, shoot it, convert it. it, yeah, and do all that stuff. But <laughs> but I feel like it adds it adds to the process and the product. I yeah. mean that's that's the part that most people don't see, but it is it makes it unique to to our brand.
1: How did you uh, meet up with Grundins and kind of make a relationship there?
0: In two thousand sixteen ish, I I've always been a really big fan. Um, I I really like apparel in general, so I've yeah. always been Um, I pay a lot of attention to just uh, brands in general, you know, kind of what they're doing. I always find myself gravitating towards heritage brands, just the respect of um, analyzing, you know, why are these brands still around? What have they done? How are they, you know, impactful today? And there's several brands that have done a great job transitioning um carhartt would be another you know great example in the yeah. sense of they have Carhartt whip the the work in progress side of carhartt where you got blue collar carhartt you know that a lot of people wear and i love that stuff as well but then there's carhartt whip which is a transition into kind of fashion slash youth culture you know mm-hmm. they'd they be they're so relevant in that world as well to me Grundens is that they're very blue collar i mean the, the guys you know oh, the, of the, course the, i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the core core of Grundens is the commercial fisherman i mean yeah. that, that's That is their deal. Um, Mm -hmm. I started seeing glimpses early, probably in in like 16 or so, um, those guys creating some graphics on tees. And it it appeared to me that they were trying to uh, transition from just straight commercial over into kind of a... Um, a, a little bit more lifestyle slash younger demographic as mm-hmm. well. And I, I guess in my eyes, I imagine it like, gosh, you know, like many brands, they have to cons- you know, consistently worry about their aging out customer. If you got this guy that's you know, fishing <laughs> in their bibs commercially for years um, and he's, he's getting older and aging out, how that's are you? That's a
1: whole other thing to think about too. And it's like, you, you got to make a shirt that everyone's going to like.
0: Yeah. And how, how do you engage? You know, it, it's always about engaging a a new like younger customer that that you hope to build and grow with the brand as well and i I think that's always so so important you don't want to turn the guy off you know that is your um your core customer that that might be a little bit older while getting this younger kid Mm -hmm. so there's that delicate balance but at the same time you always kind of want to be educating or bringing new people aboard that gravitate can gravitate towards the brand and give them something their, their teeth to sink into So I reached out to Grundens, just put a a through line out, so to speak, to them um, and was very fortunate. Matt Jackson reached back out almost right away. Him and another gentleman that is uh, uh, his name is Eric TJ. Um, He's since gone on to SOG Knives. um, Oh, really? uh, No longer at Grundens, but those guys were amazing partners to start with. So they literally I could not believe it, but they hit back within a day or so. Um, and I was like, man, I can't believe you know the Grunins guys are are this, <laughs> this so so receptive to getting on the phone and having a conversation. That's cool. And, That's cool. And my pitch to them was really kind of like, hey, we are a young um, uh, young brand. Uh, we have a young demographic, and our retailers, um, kind of core specialty stores, serve a little bit of bait and tackle, and some of the outfitter accounts are under our belt at that time. And we had a couple majors at, at the time. Uh, we worked with Zoomies. Um, wow. and the, the great part about zoomies, they have 500 doors, uh, grand total. True. We, we, you know, very, very small brand in, in their mix of, of brands in general. Um, and we were dealing with between like 50 and hundred of those doors. But a it's a lot, dude. It's it's a lot, but it was a vehicle to that was
1: just zoomies, not total.
0: Ju- yeah, just that's just great. zoomies. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah, um, and and some of this definitely ties back to you know uh, with having obey and or our years of experience and and uh, distribution there, it, it definitely opened some you doors for us to segue. that's like it, what exactly. you're going to you are exactly. able
1: to use the contacts you made. To, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. yeah. So
0: at least we were able to get in front of them easily, kind of pitch some some of these ideas. For us, uh, or for me with the Grundens piece of it, it was kind of, um, the conversations early on with Matt is uh, my hunch was, was somewhat accurate in the sense that they wanted to engage with a more youthful demographic and, and they wanted to also be, um, uh, while they uh, are focused on commercial, they also wanted to have, uh, you know, kind of build this new new younger kid that stepped even outside of the commercial thing yeah. that, that might be, you know, they they know that there's stuff going on down here on the West Coast, but they're not really portraying it too much. I mean. Um, I, I mentioned to you before we started here but uh, somebody like Anton that, that runs Pacific Mistress I mean on his skiff prior to even getting his parker before um, he was running around in Grunden's bibs I mean the commercial guys um, uh, my friends that go commercial fish they all throw on you know it's extra tough boots Grunden's yeah, bibs right? and yeah. you know some type of functional jacket that stuff was happening but it wasn't being once they got off the water you didn't associate them with Grunden's in any way you know unless you saw a picture of them wearing Grunden's on the boat so, for us, it was all about like, hey, when the dude's hanging out at the bar after, or if he's cruising around, you know, uh, just how do you get Grudden's pieces on him or something that built name recognition sweatshirt, there? Sweatshirt, so sweatshirt, 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 t like shirt, hat, hoodies, yeah, exactly. Hoodies are
1: like the number one thing yeah. that I always have. I always have a shitload of hoodies. Totally.
0: They're like, yeah, they're functional. I mean, yeah. that's so, yeah, I mean, it's funny because we always say hat, tees, fleece. I mean, that, that's kind of, that's <laughs> yeah. those yeah. are the vehicles. So, um, Zoomies uh, and Urban Outfitters were two of the more major uh, retailers that originally picked up some of the projects that we did with Grundens. And again, that was, uh, I always, it's so hard for me because I. How does the,
1: how does the, is it just like a collab, like where you guys kind of, it's a Grundens but with the Dark Seas design? Exactly, exactly. So it
0: is, it's a collaboration and we've done since 2017, uh, we do two drops a year. So uh, we pick the bigger seasons, which are spring and fall. Um, And typically the project or the product that we do in those seasons carries over into a smaller season, summer and and holiday. Um, But we put that product out, uh, developed with the Grunden's team, picked one of their jackets as kind of a, a basis that's a very functional Fairly inexpensive piece. Their commercial guys um, buy them by the dozens, basically, and kind of just rotate through these things. It's a waterproof, uh, lightweight, waterproof, breathable jacket. Perfect, yeah, under sub hundred dollar price point. And we felt That's like great. okay, this thing is a vehicle that we can screen print or embellish on that will help tell the Grunin story. It's still very approachable to uh, our consumer as well, um, and that could be a vehicle at like a Zoomies and or Urban Outfitters or some of our specialty accounts. So. We got that cooking um, with, with a jacket, um, and then we do you know, tees, fleece, hats with those guys. We've done flannels and, and some other what yeah. we call cut and sew kind of Im- stuff that we have to import and build and kind of longer lead time. But um, so we developed out kind of a collection with them, and uh, and it went really well. We've, we've had some great success. Um, and I will say the thing I love about it, it's a symbiotic relationship. I think we really did introduce you know a youthful customer especially here on the west coast but plug that into the east coast but we were... you
1: got you got years out of it where you, you weren't as big as on the east coast at the time yeah and yeah. now you feel yep. like you have more presence over in the east coast
0: Ab- absolutely okay. so we have a, there's, there's an account out there called atlantic tackle for instance and they were used to buying grunden's for their functional uh, uh-huh. product um and they were early to jump aboard with the like our screen printed tees and fleece and, and hats that we did with grunden's uh, the the collab product so it, it's uh, it's been a great mutually beneficial relationship um, and uh, extremely happy to be working with those guys. Just stars, stars align. The timing yeah. was right. They, they were excited and looking for something you know, to kind of be engaged in that more youthful market. And we were a vehicle that, uh, that made sense. And I think just developing that relationship, I mean, we'd fly up there a couple times a year, typically go visit them and meet with them More to talk. They're in Palsbo, uh, Washington, okay. just outside of Seattle, Bainbridge Island, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we fly up um, and I really, really, their, their team in general, especially Matt Jackson, um, he is uh, he's the son of the U.S. founder of Cronin. Okay. It's a Swedish based brand. Um, his dad was the first to uh, work with them and bring it over to the States. Oh, um, wow. And then his dad is kind of at this point in uh, in the retirement phase of, of his career, although he's ex- extremely active, super rad. <laughs> as, he's, he rules um, as well. But uh, Matt is kind of uh, helming the ship, so to speak. And he's those guys have hired a lot of great help up there. Yeah, and, um, yeah, their, their program continues what to a, flourish.
1: When you say doors, yeah, so that's like a store. How many doors is Dark Season? If you don't mind me asking, because I feel like it's a it's a pretty it, legit it, it's, company.
0: It's in it's in. Uh, I mean, if I had to, I should know this number offhand. <laughs> the the one variable. I'm just trying to fuck with no, no no no. <laughs> the one variable is uh, there's some fluctuation in some of our majors. Yeah. So we sell um, uh, we sell Tilly's, we sell Zoomies, we sell Urban Outfitters. Wow um and those guys have obviously uh, larger door Shit, counts. so yeah. um amongst those guys it, it depends on seasonality of you know how many doors they'll have going with us at any given time but i would say domestically there's probably somewhere between three and five hundred account like fi- i'm sorry physical doors yeah um uh, going at any given time then we do have international business as well oh really But yeah so, somewhere wow. in that neck of the woods
1: do you do all this? Do you do like an ISE too or, or just Fred Hall?
0: In uh, No, just Fred Hall. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. That, that was actually our first Fred Hall, the one that really? I got to meet. You. Yeah, oh, For, wow. first you, time we've did done did Fred do Hall. Good,
1: did do pretty good? We,
0: it exceeded my expectations. Um, <laughs> hey, I'll let you know. I did real fucking <laughs> shitty.
1: Thank you, it's, COVID.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough Should show. Do you a water or beer? I'll go a beer, please. Okay. Yeah, thank you it's uh it's a tough show from the um uh i've looked at it for years uh for years now i think the toughest part is just staffing that damn thing for so many days and uh and getting through it's a grinder you know and i think we always have to look at um yeah thank you very Uh much whoop mic okay as far as placement goes okay um so I, you know, always kind of have to analyze. You know, hey, if, if we if we do this thing, number one, how does it impact our local retailers? Is anybody going to be bummed out there? Um, always try to be supportive of of that retail which base, which is a
1: good thing to think about because, I mean. You you are going to hit them somewhat because you have a deal that's going on at all. Abs-
0: Absolutely, I'm sure some people yeah. don't
1: even think of that. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it's a it's a great uh, outlook.
0: Yeah, it's a good. Yeah. Uh, thank you for recognizing that. It's uh, yeah. it's something that we're always conscious of. Um, there's that you know we're always if we do a warehouse sale, we only do two a year. Um, and we've always tried to move like our, our goods through our warehouse sales versus flooding the market in off what we call off price or channels where we're just closing goods out, and then it really impacts our retailers. Yeah. So we're very honest and straightforward. Hey, we're doing two warehouse sales a year typically. They know that, um, and we try to let all of our local retailers know. You know that these are the time periods, and um, you know they're where uh, on our website. Typically, we'll mark the goods up. Um, we call it a, it's a 2.2 margin um, or markup. Excuse me. So we are typically on our website just a hair more expensive than our retailers. Most of our specialty retailers keystone the goods. So uh, something costs them 50 bucks. They sell it for 100, um, whereas we're going to be a few bucks more than that to support, hopefully, you know people are going to our retailer versus yes. coming direct to us as a brand. So that's a tough one because the balance now of direct to consumer and, and how many people put such an emphasis on it. I mean, in it. the
1: last, what, three years? You think it's been change- a big change? I mean, just to go like, Tackle warehouse. That's like yep. easy. 50 yep. bucks free shipping.
0: Totally. You're going to buy totally.
1: fucking $50 like that. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, in a yeah, in a heartbeat.
0: So it's, I mean, it's a delicate that This whole thing is always such a delicate balance. So if we wanted to. And
1: especially with the COVID thing, it's like.
0: Yeah, you, it's you, huge.
1: You almost are doing that now because it's like no one's going to stores. Everything's closed. Yep. You know, uh, hopefully it's everything's going better now. But I feel like now that everything is going better, I know two people that got it, my friends.
0: Oh, insane. and I'm
1: like oh man you know like
0: yeah 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 you know I know I know this is such a weird time I will say with the retail thing I mean we've always I, I in particular I mean I grew up working at surf shops and and uh, I always talk about the it's the it's the sense uh, it's a community deal like if I walk into you know I'm a huge advocate I love uh, the guys at Hogan's Breck, Stephanie and that whole crew I mean I, I go shop there um, consistently I their customer service is it's a great phenomenal. shop I, I've been phenomenal. there probably
1: like uh, 15 times, uh-huh. but they have a lot of stuff. Yeah, for, and they got lose reels on. Them. I'm a big lose guy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. yeah, like yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, any time, I mean, I, I love what those guys are doing, what they stand for. I consistently, you know, if somebody hits me up like, Hey, I'm gonna take the kids down and fish in Dana Point, you know, in the harbor or whatever, Perfect, where can yeah. I go? Where can I get bait? And immediately, I'm, you know, all over. Hey, go down to Hogan's, those guys will dial you in. They're just. You know, there's, I've been in plenty of tackle shops before, um, especially older, or I guess in my younger age, um, where, you know, there's just that attitude, like you don't know what you're talking about. And, and, uh, you know, it just, it, it just becomes a little barrier of entry, so to speak. And I, no, I think, yeah, I agree. I think Hogan's has done such a fantastic job, but, um, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of important. But, anyways, I guess where I was going with that, we want to support those mom and pop businesses as best we can. Mm-hmm. I think there is a huge, you know, shift in, in dynamic right now. You know that it's it's definitely not an every man for themselves by any means. But we have to be, you know, uh, conscious also that uh, um, there is a shift and that the consumer is coming to the brand uh, direct also. So try to support with that higher markup a little bit. Uh, make sure our retailers, you know, we point people at our retailers um, consistently. But we do know, like in this COVID period our web sales have been up triple with oh, what they've been it's it's and it's insane i mean I do you
1: screen print in-house or
0: do you have do you take it to we do screen print in-house Oh, you do yeah. so it's at
1: the warehouse you yes guys do it. oh yeah. wow yeah my my Great. partner
0: that i mentioned the early story on the obey side of things is he is a screen printer um and uh he's printed literally every every t shirt that has left our uh you know for all of our brands has come through basically wow. that that print shop yeah been wow. that's a really nice that's nice, a big uh,
1: help too to have a partner that does that because it's like you get to see the product real oh, quick, it's, and he's like, "Okay, let's go."
0: It's it's incredible. I are mean, you in
1: there? Some have you been in there before helping because it's like you guys are under the gun.
0: You know they <laughs> they have such an amazing team. I mean, you have to come over sometime and, yeah. and see the operation. It's incredible. Um, the thing I do love is that it, you know we we definitely are the first to hear about if there's a new ink that comes out or if there's a new process, um, even t-shirt blanks that type of stuff development. Um, we just have an upper upper hand on that, which is awesome especially for smaller brands like Dark Season loser Machine yeah on though Bayside that that's its own beast at this point but uh, for us to have accessibility to um, kind of all these specialty things early on and be able to piggyback on some of that stuff it's incredible and we literally like you were mentioning I mean we're sitting at our desk during the day and, and a guy walks in like hey, here's this print it's on press right now. Um, you know, do you approve, although we have called out all the colors for it mm-hmm. when it gets on, you know, it, we will base the ink down, so to speak, which is you're kind of cutting the ink so it doesn't look like a big plate of uh, plastisol plastic on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, and it can change the color, you know, if you yeah, print on a black right. shirt and, and, you know, you want this red to come out in a certain way. Anyways, they, they walk in and we give an immediate like, yes, no, you know, make a tweak and, and then we go. And it's and which you know, is
1: cool because like I've had artists in here yeah, and all of them complain yeah. and go, it never looks. Shit didn't come out. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, yeah, any, yeah, anywhere, yeah. anywhere near what like I was a, expecting. Like tuna of Charles and uh, Matt Koch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both, oh, they both I came mean, out here, and they're like, "How? How sad, What's the best you ever had?" He's like, 70 percent. Yeah, seventy tops." And I'm like, "I get it. Like, I would be frustrated too. But it's. But then I have a friend that's a screen printer, and goes, you have to almost make the artwork to be screen printed. A lot of the time. So it's like you get a piece, Absolutely. and it's like." You know, like I had to pay, like, I think 250 for color separation on this because yep. like, I got to go get it color separated. I'm like, all right, no problem, whatever. But then you learn stuff like, well, you pay 250 then you buy. I'm like, I'm not going to make, I'm gonna make a shitload of these because I don't want to totally. do it again. totally. Then I'm stuck with fucking, eight, you know, I <laughs> totally. stole 800 bucks as this guy and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. shit. But you live and learn. I mean, I'm sure you've learned it a million times. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah.
0: It's uh, the one thing I will say is, I mean, we we do, and the screen printer is amazing at it. But we agonize over um, tattoo. You're mentioning like yeah, tattoo, yeah. tattoo flash stuff. Obviously, it's watercolor. Typically, is, is how that art is being submitted, yes. and it becomes uh, what we call simulated process. So it's uh, that stuff can be 14 plus colors, basically. Oh, you know, gosh. is is what it takes to nail that stuff, and you might not see that as a consumer when you when you see the so, T-shirt. Yeah,
1: that's the cool thing to talk about is like that shirt that you're buying that's 14 colors is the same price as the fucking regular t-shirt. Totally. And really. and these, we're pretty much making taking a loss on the shirt. But yep. you're putting out yep. something yep. cool. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. people don't understand yeah, sometimes. I mean, so like, when you buy that shirt that has like 80 colors on it, yep. <laughs> remember, you, they're not making shit off that shirt. You no, know? Like, totally. Totally. You know? Yeah, you
0: amortize the cost of the screens and films yeah. and separation time and all that type yeah. of stuff. But, yeah, and it's—I mean, those are all the little nuances that uh, you know you hope hope to make that stuff up when you do a single-color print yes. and, and, and kill it on that that's thing. That's why I'm going but, back
1: to black and white, guys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. But it's a—you uh, know—it's a part of it. But I guess we really take it to heart as far as we want that artist art to be—you know—as good as possible. And I, you know, we pride ourselves. I mean, that—that's one of our one of our deals. The other thing on on that is you go to put that um, multicolor design on a dark. And you know, typically you got to put that base plate down. Yeah. We don't want that bulletproof plastisol oh, shirt. God, so dude. that's another this one thing. Actually, Soft. I
1: was like stoked. My buddy Bo got it pretty good. Yeah. But, I mean, I've worn yeah. some shirts where I'm like, oh,
0: just sweat right the around fuck, that dude? whole dude. It's yeah. like a big plate on my
1: chest. <laughs> totally, like, you know, no it makes totally. sense. 100%. Yeah, so we'll
0: go. I mean, then then it becomes what we call. There's it's water base, and we'll we'll uh, we'll make sure that the hand feel. And these are all just like the little the little things behind the scenes that go into you know the the finesse of of this stuff. Now, yeah, people don't, super I mean, it's of cool
1: it. to, to uh, pick your brain on this stuff because I am somewhat interested because I do yeah, shirts yeah. here and there. And it's cool to hear from a bigger company. You, and, and not only that, you have Obey behind you. Um, when did you go, oh, shit. Obey's kind of crazy. Like, when did that all click? Man, that's, so you did it, and you're kind of. Yeah. When did it like click? Where you're like, man, we're going. I think
0: know? there's. We're about five years into the Obey project. We all we all really believed in the project, love working with Shepard, and we could see it on the horizon. It wasn't quite happening yet, though, and we're all scrambling to. Because I don't to, feel like
1: I feel like it got really big with two thousand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice.
0: Gosh, I, maybe. I I should know the year better. Um, it's 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 later than that, actually. Do you? Think, I would. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe for sure, because for when sure. I was in hardcore, yeah, I used to see a
1: lot of it everywhere at shows in L.A. Totally. So I thought, oh, everyone's wearing the shirt, and yep, now everyone yep, and yep. their mom was wearing that
0: shirt. There were a couple of things that really clicked um, that were pivotal points. There was a, a design called Tons of Guns from Obey um, that uh, that clicked. It was pretty controversial. It had roses coming out of the barrels of uh, of guns. Um, early on, and then the Obama campaign stuff. When that's when Shep, yeah, when Shep did the Obama campaign, it was, it was yeah, he oh, he did really? that hope poster, which is now I mean that graphics in this it's Damn, in the Smithsonian at this point. That's yeah, crazy. That's wild, right? It's wild. So super inspiring to work with Shepard. You know, all these years, but uh, there there were a couple of very pivotal points that kind of took it over the top for sure, and it, and. It was uh, the timing thing, but a lot of stars align. I mean, our, yeah, Cut and So, too, our men's designer for, uh, for the brand has been with us since literally day one. Wow. He's done a phenomenal job. And, and, uh, his role is insane in the sense of he has to put all the puzzle pieces together. It's yeah. got to, you know, all these different cultural marketplaces via, you know, it could be Asia, it could be Europe, it could be domestically here. He's got to kind of make this line or multiple lines that, that segway or work in all of those different um, aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just lights out one of the best guys out there in the design world that uh, has done a really good job kind of weaving all that. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's just so interesting to me. Yeah, because yeah. you've done a lot of walks of like clothing.
0: Totally, You're kind totally, of like a squig. Yeah, Squig's the same. Yeah, Have you known uh, Squig for a while? I've known Squig. It's funny because I'm, I really I was aware of Fishworks um, um, and uh, and a big fan for for so many years. Um, and I met him the same uh, the same year. I really got tight with the Grundin's guys. Both okay. Grundin's and Squig uh, did the trade show out in Florida. It's called Surf Expo. Okay. Um, so I got to know Squig a little bit better out there, and was just so. It's always a pleasant surprise when you are a fan of uh, somebody's work um, and then of like a band, too. You know, you meet somebody that can be an asshole or they can be really cool. Dude, I mean, and 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 it's. And and was just cool as hell, you and know? And he's
1: intimidating. <laughs> he's got big fucking white beard. I'm like, totally. I, totally. I, I, I hit him up and he's like, yeah, I'll come on. And then he called me. I'm like, oh, wow. And I, the first thing we talk about is music. I'm like, hi, right, fuck fishing. Let's talk totally, about it. Totally, Have you yep, seen Miners yep. Threat Live? He's like, yeah, i seen. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. That's what I'm. So I'm trying to schedule a. Squig Decker, and then I have a buddy that came on. He's a freshwater guy, Fred Clinshaw. He's an hardcore yep, guy. Yep, that's so awesome. So I want to get all three of them. Are kind of the same age, and then they oh, could yeah, all talk gonna... about punk and just kind of like, yep. hey, let's talk about like some shows you guys remember, like totally. which would be amazing. And it might be off beat a little bit of what
0: i like the it, diversity it, though yeah and yeah. it's like
1: i'm i mean maybe a quarter of the audience likes punk i don't know you know what i'm saying but guess what that's what i grew up doing oh so, yeah oh yeah um, for sure yeah so it's it's kind of cool to like to you meet these guys like that and it's like
0: yeah and there's ty squig uh for instance his uh, his son fisher um yeah. is, really, is really tight with one of the kids that we've been working with forever um that serves uh this kid river um a young man now not a kid but uh, mm-hmm. so there, there's like these mutual ties that have kind of crossed paths as cool. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, big, big fan of Squig's, uh, Squig's program. Um, yeah, and just the, the nicest guy. So it's really a pleasant surprise. I bump into him down at the harbor and stuff and always yeah. exchange hellos, you know, trade shows, that type of stuff. But yeah, and it, to me, he embodies, you know, I, so much respect for him. He embodies the lifestyle uh, of his brand. I mean, that's, you know, it's, I, I love seeing him traveling, surfing, fishing, yeah. you know, and, and so kind of nice, doing,
1: like, an, and a, a very polite yeah. like even seeing him at it's weird i guess i meet so many people so i kind of get intimidated to go like should i go say hi to this dude because i mean we did a podcast but he might i don't know if he fucking remembers me but like <laughs> i was walking with my wife and kids i'm like uh oh, let's say hi really the fish worked my wife liked it totally you know, dark yeah cheese. yeah so i'm like hey and he's like hey nick how's it going? i'm like oh shit like I, you I know think like that's that's quick you, you know that's yeah. yeah and there's a lot of guys that are like that where you're like oh um Cause it's it's like being in bands. Like you got fucking assholes. Sometimes you meet a guy yep. and you got fuck this guy. I won't to talk to him again. You know. And it's you find that in fishing, same thing. You're gonna find a guy. You can't get along with everyone. And I get it totally. But you see those certain. Like when I met you, I was like, oh man, you know, you're I real think, positive, I happy kind of. Yeah, like there's the like that, that
0: spark, and you, yeah, you yeah. get it from Squig as well. Like you talk to him, like he's immediately engaging and he seems genuine. You know, I yes. guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, you know, he's just a genuine dude. He enjoys a lot of the same things that you and yes. I and. You know, there, there's a lot of commonalities, and he's just very easy to to talk with, you know? Same with the grinding students. Yeah, they're, they're very much the same.
1: How uh, how many times do you try to get out and go fish during the week?
0: I try to fish at least once a week. I wish it was more, but <laughs> I try to get on the boat once a week, yeah. Does yeah. your wife like fishing? No. she It's so funny because I was literally talking to her on the way. It's so funny. She's like, if you talk about me on the show, it's okay. I give you the blessing. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Uh, she's amazing, but she she definitely... Does she it, eat fish? No, she does. Oh, oh. she yeah, no, no, she She'll eats eat fish. Okay, oh, okay. absolutely, absolutely, yeah, she yeah. she does like fish, um, sashimi stuff for the most part. Um, not as big on cooked fish, but anyways, yeah, I was talking to her on the way up, and she's like, "You can talk about it," but it, it, she she's funny. She's really just straightforward. Um,
1: have you you guys been married for a while
0: yeah we've been together 30 coming up on 30 years in October so she saw it all with you yeah I just hit 14
1: years two days ago oh that's awesome congrats yeah that's rad so I mean and it's cool to hear from dudes I mean a lot of people aren't buried that long
0: yeah right yeah oh, i know i mean I it's know. like when it's you going, say, you know we're like, starting to go through a wave you know there's a lot of lot of uh at our age obviously um you know a lot of people have kids that are 15 18 years old yes. somewhere in that zone and yes i do feel like as they're graduating high school and that type of stuff it seems like yeah there's a lot of a <laughs> like, like, people like, hey, parting hey, ways
1: i'm done with you I'm <laughs> no so, but i mean i that's cool that your wife's got to experience so my wife's kind of like the same thing where we've been together for
0: music 20, and, yeah. and fishing and the bike shop yeah. and all that stuff well not the bike like, shop right after the bike shop she
1: she saw my first band, so I quit. That's awesome. I quit the big band because I had my son. Yep. So they're ready to go on they're tour, tour. A yeah. European tour, and I'm like, I can't go. Why? I'm gonna have a kid. We'll just let her have the kid and come back. I'm like, no, I want to see the kid <laughs> totally, be born. You know, totally. And it's it not. I mean, we're young. We're twenty. You know, like I'm yep. like, I was like. Oh. I'm like, sorry guys, and then I went on to run a band, small bands that never went because I couldn't tour.
0: Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so like, uh, I did this
1: band called Snake Eyes with this guy Todd Jones, and then I did Lone Wolf with Mark. Yep. And a couple other my buddies, and uh, it's so funny. Mark is a big kayak fisherman. My buddy Adam Reiser. Yep. He goes yeah, yeah. back east. He just won second place. Yeah, the and Mark's really tight and with that, Mark right? Yeah, like they're both they're of boys. Those guys. So when I started getting fishing, this was probably about twelve years ago. when We did the band. Mark uh, Adams like, hey, meet me down in Newport. We'll go fish this. And I was like, all right. We just never did it. And he moved. Gotcha. So now I talk to Adam. I'm like, oh, it's so crazy. Like it's such a small world. I, I, I it, love that fishing, stuff. It's like, yeah. And it's just like. Your wife got to see that all those. She saw the whole thing the obey thing happen Oh
0: yeah, yeah. She grounded out with me. I mean, there were definitely you know definitely some years where it's like, man, is this thing going to pop out the next? You know, the the other side. did she work
1: with you guys or did she do her own thing? No,
0: did her own thing. She's a hairstylist. Much same same as your wife. Yeah, Yeah, she's a. Covid got her too, huh? No, she actually she retired. um, Gosh, when our. I'm trying to think of how old my son was when she retired, but uh, um, we we got to a point where it was comfortable enough um, yes. that uh, that she could retire. So yeah, 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 yeah. she and uh, that sounds a little little fancy. It, it no. wasn't it wasn't as much as that. It was really just about the the segue to um, I'm so stoked that she was able to be home and take care of the kids. So and we, like what we, and, do, the, the, we do that, we do the
1: same thing. So my wife only works a little bit.
0: Yep, and she's with the boys the rest yeah. of the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't st-
1: need to, she doesn't need to work a lot. Just like that little bit of extra money just to push us forward. Yeah, and then. You know, the rest of the time is focusing on three boys, which is hell.
0: It's huge. I mean, you need it. I mean, that's, I'm so fortunate. Um, Definitely, I've been fortunate to have great kids, but, uh, I, I think not a, either, a lot of it. A lot no, of man, I highly doubt that. I met. <laughs> I met them. They're definitely not assholes. Um, yeah, my wife uh, has been such an essential part of kind of steering, you know, uh, them to all their activities, and and, and I'm uh, sure with you just too. Just sculpting them as as, as good humans. <laughs> yes. Um She deserves a lot of a lot of credit there because it afforded me the ability to grind it out at, at work, and I. Yeah. I I mean, I'm passionate about it. I love working. I'm, I'm super stoked to be aboard these brands. And um, uh, to be honest, on the dark sea side, I think it's kind of given me even a second light because it, a lot of the things I grew up and was super passionate about, I did, you know, I, I like fishing from an early age. I mean, I, I was into it as a, as a little Grom. Um and I, I definitely got away from it just with the grind of the When work. do you
1: think you got back into it like where you're like, I mean, Oh, i it's, love fishing.
0: It's well I mean I always loved it and I would try like if we would go on vacation someplace or um I would always make it a point. Like on our honeymoon with my wife, she does not like to fish whatsoever and we went on a boat, we went to Maui for our honeymoon and I drug her out on a on a full day boat. So you had to just do <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm just like I, I gotta do it, you know? I mean, it was it was uh So yeah.
1: the whole time you were fishing, uh but you just when you could
0: I, exactly. Yeah, and it's, okay. I mean, we're talking literally a couple times a year. You know, always wanted to go, but just didn't have access to. I'd jump on a, a sport boat every now and yeah. again, but I didn't have access to um, uh, any real personal boats at that time and stuff. But as a kid growing up, um, I was fortunate. My my pops worked with a, a gentleman that had a boat out of Newport. Um,
1: you a, grew up in Lake Forest, right? Yeah, Lake Forest, yeah. the uh, lakes over there. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, you know we a little private one off of Lake Forest, totally. Right? I yeah.
0: live, we lived on Lake Forest, um, a, oh. as a kid. Um, so yeah, I fished that thing. Um, later on, uh, in my Mission like, Viejo, my right. early teens, I we moved to Mission Viejo oh, and we wow. had a pass to get into Lake. Like, I literally remember Lake Viejo getting filled. Yeah. There was a drought when they filled it, it got like partially filled, and then and then it took a year or two. You're a
1: big saltwater, not a green bass, guy, More, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Salt, saltwater,
0: dude, But I did as a grom, I mean. I, I literally my parents would drop me off at Lake Michigan and I would fish for catfish off the dock yeah. until you know, till whatever it was 10 yeah. o'clock at night and they'd pick me up you know type of deal yeah, um, nice. we moved back to Lake Forest I lived on it a second time in the second lake um, yeah and I always just just minor stuff you know, you know mellow but I always loved fishing yeah, yeah, always stoked That's on it. That's
1: cool, man. So when you're, when did you uh, get your boat and kind of get serious about like I'm gonna so
0: do this? So it, it was really nice to segue. I uh, slid from uh, I'm still involved with Obey um, uh, to a degree. We're all in the same building, so um, I definitely from a partners level, um, you know, we, we meet every Monday, kind of game plan on what our weeks or months look like ahead. Um, and then I slide over to, I'm in the dark seas, uh, loser machine camp, basically. You're doing um,
1: that majority of the time. Yes, running, Yeah. All so the...
0: n- I would say 90 plus percent of my days are, are dark seas. So between myself and then Adrian Lopez, the brand founder, he's up in the building with us and he runs the loser machine side. Does um, he fish too? He does not fish. No. Nope. Nope. Um to
1: eat your fish though, right? But yeah, he would. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, man, that guy's, whew,
0: he's, he's sashimi kid. right there. <laughs> That's yeah, he, funny, man. Yeah. He actually loves fish. <laughs> um yeah. uh, but uh um yeah i slid over into uh the dark seas loser machine side uh when the brands came aboard uh and for me it was kind of a new lease on getting re-engaged uh, i was surfing all along not super um all through gosh my probably early 20s i served a ton um kind of stepped off that a little bit stepped off the fishing thing to some extent um really just kind of focused on on the obey side of things you know a little bit but uh uh, bikes um or another part Were of my you life. Bikes then too I, always I'm mean, gonna I always love BMX really? and uh I'm I'm into it mentioned old cars and bikes, so kind of got it slid over a little bit into that stuff as oh, well Did you ever and race or anything? I, I raced both BMX and then I, wow. I probably gosh for maybe about six years of my life through uh junior high and high school up until I was a senior in high school, I raced motocross. Okay. Um so i uh, was way into dirt bikes as well. Yeah. Wow. Love that stuff.
1: Yeah. I only wrote B I did the first X games no way but i did that's flat right land. i have heard that yeah, so, flat yeah, yeah just flatland I, yep. so I didn't do the i didn't do the uh the actual big uh, i mean i can drop I, I was i was skeptical always doing ramps yep so like i could drop in i could you know uh feeble grind smith grind insane. but i just never on, on a vert ramp i did on vert ramps yes.
0: that's uh so there insane. was this guy
1: sean McKenney
0: i remember he rode
1: for s&m and we used yeah. to go to his house, and, uh, we would drop in he had the big uh vans ramp in there they gave it to him to hold it so he had a van ramp but then he had a spine after he's like hey you guys want the spine so we took it to our skate shop and we had so a spine good. in the back we had a demo the demo it was the ray brothers came because it was in la habra so yep. jeremy and jonas ray uh was it danny rodriguez was was his name was it, yeah and then we had a our local pro at the time was Adam Alfaro. I went to high school
0: <laughs> so awesome.
1: So I know Adam. Uh-huh. Like, I know him. We sponsored him. We got him with that, niece because we knew Mike. So we hit up Mike. We're that's like, amazing. Hey, got to uh, get this guy in the a kid, We got a kid that's really good. Can you can you hook him up? He's like, yeah. So, you know, we sent. He was really good, man. Even in high school, Adam fucking would. We would go jump to, you know, like 13 stairs. Yep. And we would do it on bikes. No one's doing that. He's fucking kick flipping them. Insane. This is a, he was in, yeah. in, in, in yeah. 10th grade, 9th grade. And this isn't like maybe it's not cool now, but you got to remember this is not 90 fucking 6. Yeah, I know, yeah, it's insane. That's a big insane. deal yeah Yep. Like when I used to be able to do like uh, I'd be like, "Oh, I can 187 stairs." In 94, that was a oh, big deal. that was proper. I could bar sure. spin 4 stairs in 98. That was a big deal, yep. not anymore, but I mean, yeah, that was what I uh, did and now it's like kind of like uh And then we had the bike shop, it was cool. Yeah,
0: I got awesome. to meet
1: a lot of dudes um Yeah, and then I got in construction. That was it. And hardcore bands. That was it. Yeah, yeah.
0: no, that's that's good segues. (laughs) But yeah, I got the boat, um, uh, my boat. I had a, uh, um, a boat, gosh, maybe about 10 years ago, just more like kind of cruiser. Um, so got kind of re-engaged in the, the boating thing and, uh, just, your for, wife down with for, first she was, she was down with that thing. So that the first was, a, boat she was, that down was like, with, huh? fa- that was family boat. So that was kind of like, Hey, she's, she's cool with it yeah. and, and uh, get some experience there and, and kind of just, uh, you know, cruise off the coast a little bit and stuff and take the, take the family out when they were kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing, thing uh, cut, cut that thing loose, kind of, uh, got over it. And I, I always wanted to have a fishing boat again. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gosh, probably four-ish years ago, I bought the Maritime that I currently have. Um, and it's been, I'm, I'm so stoked. And it's uh, its afforded me. As I slid over into Dark Seas, um, I was working with a lot of guys. Um, I, I mentioned to you, but uh, uh, Anton and uh, Pacific Mistress um, and uh, Ryan Trolley um, were kind of the first two guys that I, I really got, kind of got plugged in. And is actually through one of my, my partner that's a screen printer, okay. has a restaurant in uh, Dana Point called The Craft House. Okay, um, and the craft house is—they uh, pride themselves on uh, using. Where is that at in Dana Point? It's on the top of the hill on uh, <laughs> on Golden Lantern. Is it? Does um,
1: there like a little underground parking lot? You got to. There, go there's do?
0: not actually. It's uh, <sighs> there's Coastal Kitchen is straight across, um, and it's as you're leaving Dana Point I did Point a job at,
1: at a at a place, but it it's like on the top
0: of the hill. I don't know what it's gotcha. called.
1: And there's a little underground parking lot.
0: That might be um, oh gosh it's uh I'm trying to think it's not the point or something like that. Um That oh, was cool, man. Yeah, yeah, it was all wood. Good, good Everything place. was wood. That's cool.
1: It was that like, yeah, guy was cool, man.
0: But uh so um, my partner's son um, is a chef, and and uh, they always wanted to do a restaurant together, and they uh, they grabbed that spot. It's called uh, the Craft House. So um, does
1: your partner cook too?
0: He does not, um, but, but, his, son but does. his son does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. fucking yeah. so cool. So it was it was pretty rad. I mean, I've watched um, his son grow up from a little tiny kid, um, and he always loved cooking. So to see his name is Blake, and to mm-hmm. Blake Melgren, and, and to watch him kind of mature and go through the, the uh, ranks as, uh, as a chef. Um, moved to New York for a while and then came back out to California and they, oh, they partnered cool. up they found this space in, uh, in Dana Point converted it to a, a restaurant um, it has a long history uh, it was a bar back in the day and anyways they redid the entire place um, and uh, it is they call it Craft House now is, is the restaurant part of their program though is uh, locally caught fish they, they got er- they were early to kind of jump on on that oh, whole program okay. Um, so that plugged me in. Just I, I'm a. I, uh, I really like fate. <laughs> in general, I believe in fate a ton. Like no, meeting you, get, or like coming across these people, or that you're tied into Mark Schwaner. Like, yeah. a, like the the like all these kind of connections. I'm, I'm a huge believer of that stuff. Um, and Blake was really tight with this guy Ryan Trolley. Um, and uh, we supported a night. Uh, Dark Sea supported a night that they did at the Craft House, which was um, the local fishermen that caught these fish that were being served at the restaurant. Came in, it was pretty rad. Like they had photos. It was during uh, one of the earlier years of Bluefin kind of showing up here. Um, and they had literally had photos like, hey, you're eating this fish. We caught it here. This is oh, what the gear, we dear. caught it on, this, this whole thing. And it was basically to educate. So did the, they
1: bring the gear in and show everyone? They,
0: they just had pictures. you know. They oh, would. Really? So the fishermen oh, would actually, like Anton and, and Ryan and these guys would walk to the tables like, hey, how are you enjoying your bluefin tonight? You know, type of deal. And um, it was all basically to educate the, the public. Like, hey, this is what goes into catching these fish. Um, so they would pull up shots on like an iPad, and, like, this is the fish that you're eating right now. We caught it off Clemeny, whatever. Um, you know, so on and so forth to kind of educate and let people know what was That's going on. Do
1: they still do something like that? They,
0: they have. They only did it the one time. which I, oh, I, you I should was, do that like once know. a I was, month. I was, I was be, encouraging on it too. That would be is so amazing. cool. Yeah. Yeah, to let people know. Because it doesn't
1: you know, just be bluefin. It could be like yellowtail. Uh, oh, yellowtail stuff as be well. Like,
0: totally. Probably totally. Calico, bro. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it, but that evening though I got introduced to Ryan Trolley who owns Harbor Fish Company mm-hmm. um, and he was tight. He and Anton were the two guys that were kind Kind of putting in the time and uh, actually commercial fishing and they were supplying about five-ish restaurants in the local area laguna uh dana point uh they go down to uh, san diego and some oceanside stuff is now wrench and rodent and i think uh I'm trying to think of a couple other restaurants i do farmhouse and and uh um gosh there's a spot in laguna that they do as well okay but anyways uh they're they're supplying fish to these guys and uh, i started talking with ryan that night we clicked and and super stoked on him um and uh, wanted to get out with those guys on the boat. So got, got, uh, got the invite to go on Pacific Mistress with Anton and Ryan and really kind of just get entrenched in their world from a commercial side. So they're
1: doing Rod and Reel commercial?
0: Rod and Reel commercial, okay. yeah. And they're doing everything from um, Rockfish through uh, the Bluefin stuff, through Yellowtail, through, cool. um, you know, basically just seasonally they were filling in with, with what they could for the restaurant. So. Wow. Um, and I really, really gravitated and uh, liked their program a ton, really, really good dudes and they were um, awesome to kind of kind of invite me into their world. So really, really great um, times hanging with those guys and getting put on some some great fish. Uh, and at the same time I was kind of angling like, hey, I'd love to get my own boat um, and, uh, and I pulled the trigger. Ryan wow. Ryan plugged me in also with the gentleman Mark Levine, um, and Mark has been awesome. Did you buy um, that boat locally? I bought it out of uh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So Mark and Ryan kind of turned me on at the time. Uh, Mark uh, was partnered with Brandon um, in a uh, maritime as well, 23-foot maritime. They called it OPA. It had a red hole on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those guys spoke really highly of the maritime holes. They, they loved that thing. They were using it for commercial trips. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, Mark also uh, works on a boat uh, called Taiyi, and there's a, uh, there's Taiyi 2 is another little 23 maritime skiff that's also in dana point went and looked at that thing and it was pretty rigged up and and kind of set up well bait tank um uh, and and kind of just outfitted um, for our local stuff mm-hmm. and fell in love with that boat. I'm like, man, these things are killer. Started looking. I found a 25 out of uh, North Carolina wow. and pulled the trigger on it um, shortly after. You said it shipped so,
1: back this way. Yeah.
0: Did yeah, have everything so you
1: wanted on it already? No,
0: no, no, no. It was pretty much, the thing was bone stock only had like 100. So 2009 had about 100 hours on it when I bought oh, it, but it wow, was literally nice. bone stock, no bait tank, you know, not, nothing. It was just a, a bare platform, basically. So And you did everything um,
1: yourself, kind of just start putting... So
0: so Mark Mark Levine was a, was instrumental. He runs. Uh, he's a charter guy as well. Has a boat uh, called Nui down in uh, Dana Point. Okay, um, and he is awesome. About he comes from a graphic design background, but he's got a great aesthetics, mm-hmm. um, and he's plugged in uh, with all kinds of uh, people that are very skilled at their you know everything from upholstery to glasswork to um, it, just kind of a- everything that you, you know would Justin. need. And he
1: worked. Is it Coswell?
0: Cos- Coswell is definitely. I've heard. I've heard of Coswell. So Justin
1: worked there for a long time. Okay, he was a mechanic there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and he lives right. He rode <laughs> bikes too.
0: Oh, it's a awesome. sure Small you. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got plugged yeah. in um, uh, with Mark, and Mark was just um, a, a great dude to, to hang with. Um, I kept the boat on a trailer and kept it at the house. Um, and daily, people were showing up with kind of his arsenal of dudes. You know, the guy that would do um, the gel coat stuff, or somebody that could help glass, or uh, all of, all of the things. So, put a bait tank on that on that boat, um, and uh, put a tower on it. Last year, how long
1: did it take you to get it to where you could go fish it? Uh, like
0: I would say, I mean, the way you wanted to a- fish it. Maybe. After I got the boat, it was probably two months. Um, I put a new um, a new electronics on it, put the bait tank on. Um, and kind of went to that first round of, of stuff that was probably t- a two ish month period.
1: Then you took it out after the two
0: months, yep, yep, and was dialed, you know, for all my initials. What was the first fish you caught? Oh man, that's actually a good good question. Um, the first memorable trip on that thing was chasing bluefin down like uh, off the 43 and stuff. Um,
1: were you throwing poppers or flyers? Yep, yeah, yep,
0: yeah, it's a sore subject for me, man, oh. but uh. <laughs> So I was on the boat with, uh, um, I think, uh, Ryan Trolley came with me, and then Seth Dubois, young, kind of young gun. Yeah, Yeah, I love. Seth's amazing. I reached out to him really early on um, uh, as well, kind of as I was sliding over into the dark sea side of things. Just had my eye on him, was really impressed with just his candor, how he carried himself. Um,
1: He's part of the it, whole Evan team. Like they're all buddies. Y- right? yeah, yeah, he worked on Stella June with,
0: yeah. with Evan. Um, Zach is another uh, Zach Zorn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 who exactly does the yacht brokerage stuff now. Yeah. Um, so I met Seth and and uh, and Evan. Uh, talked with those guys a couple times. Just. Love that uh, those guys were actually putting out content, building content. C.J. Conrad, who you have, uh, have yeah, had on. Yeah, C.J.'s a great huge, guy. Yeah, man. huge fan of his work, and I know he shot a lot of Seth early on. And just, to me, those guys were embodying what I was seeing and or, you know, in Anton and these guys. They were documenting it really well and, and doing it well. And I'm also super drawn to it. I just love Seth. All Seth's. the
1: Western waters kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's, that's yep. cool. Yeah, I liked it I
0: like, um, I, I just have a so huge. So Will,
1: I know I met Will at. Um Angler Center. Yep. And I this is when I first did the podcast. He's like, You do the podcast. And then we became like friends. That's killer. And he we, we talk about editing because like yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to edit these fucking videos. He's like,
0: <laughs> I hear pain you. Pain in yeah. the yeah, ass, yeah, right? He's like, it's oh, a fucking pain yeah, It's so pain. time yeah. consuming. Yeah. But uh yeah, so um big fan of Seth's um as well, and I just like that he's super um. It just officious for for how young he is, just right? so much experience under his belt. And for me to have the opportunity to work with these guys, not only to build content, but to uh, learn learn some of uh, you know their knowledge um, and get to share some of the stuff alongside of them. But I talk about the popper thing because it's uh, I had not fished poppers on bluefin at all, and just that whole deal with like the run and gun stuff and and trying to sling poppers, you know, from the bow, and it's just it's <laughs> a handful, and you're just round robining off the <laughs> off the bow and stuff, and a lot going on. And those guys, of course, Trolley and and Seth were just on it in seconds and hooked up, you know, on our yeah. first like actual little spot of fish and stuff and they they each got like a 50-ish pound oh, bluefin fun, out of that man. out of that foray and i of course just birds nested my popper <laughs> my popper just sent out into space i broke a popper off and just flew out into space lost the thing and i'm just like Fuck, this is what? this is what? hard you know like this, when you there's have a lot. new
1: boat like that when you're doing something new yeah like i'm like i remember my first trip was out of dana point yeah i dropped my boat off the this is my first boat invader i dropped it off the trailer they helped me fix it we went to go uh to the kelp and we're floating and my buddy anthony was with me and i'm like i don't even remember how to tie a fucking knot
0: <laughs> totally. i didn't yep. i was so yep. nervous i'm totally. like
1: i don't remember anything and that's probably what you did it's like okay is the boat good okay where are we at you know like you're not it's just you it, don't have your head in the game yeah yeah you know? yeah like, and
0: i that's an important topic right there is uh i've learned so much oh, from these a guys in the sense too, of yeah. like yeah, just, you know, uh, I've been really fortunate. These guys are also very extremely, like, methodical about preparation, um, you know, and really helping kind of guide and as far as setups go and, and that type of stuff. But like you said, I mean, it, it's the times that we've really done well is, like, it, you can almost feel it. Like, you leave the dock and you're kind of like, yeah, I think I got it together for tomorrow. All, all's good, you know, especially when you're chasing the tuna stuff. Um, or you- even
1: just going on your boat and being like, wow, that one's smooth. You launch perfect. Oh, like, totally. already tied on. I'm totally.
0: oh, yep. Just
1: you go, oh, this is gonna be a fucking good, good day. day. You know? you, yeah. You're
0: so you're so yeah. right. There was a day where I started by putting a gaff through my foot at the launch oh, ramp. That was fuck. that was fun. That was like, fuck, this is probably not gonna be a good day. That'd be the antithesis. <laughs> but yeah, just all learning stuff al- along the way, you know, like oh yeah. Ah, yeah, I gotta make sure that thing's tucked up into the gunnel, <laughs> right. you know, next time. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, there are days I, you really, you feel it like, okay, yeah. things are running smooth. Like I feel like I'm on my game and if we find fish, like it's going to be on today and yeah. inevitably it, it comes together, you know, and it's, uh, it's such a humbling experience. I really enjoy that the aspect of, um, of, uh, being on top of that stuff or finding it and, and, or just all of the setup and techniques or and even learning, learning how to curve. use a
1: fish finder is like a whole nother totally, totally, you know, like I, I've, I went out a couple with a couple guys and I'm like, they showed me a couple tricks and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even think of that, you know, like the way you set up or drift
0: or absolutely, absolutely, there's so much stuff and it's uh, I'm extremely visual, you know, uh, and it's uh, it's great when you see fish popping and all that type of stuff and you can get on it like I get that part, but. uh, um, or I love that part but there when it's when it's happening under you and you have to use your fish finder and or like you're saying you're analyzing you know like, hey is it uphill or downhill current yeah, where do yeah, I you know how many yeah. feet do I want to be in how do I anchor it and I need to scope back I mean all of the stuff that's just a, the consistent learning curve of that stuff but uh, yeah. I've been fortunate these guys have been awesome big huge, a huge yeah yeah, that's nice. yeah yeah
1: Um, this is something I'm bringing back that I didn't do for a long time I had a couple people remind me um Rookie mistakes as a bone owner.
0: Because I'm like, okay. Oh, I'm man. like, man,
1: I haven't done that in a long time. But there's some I, good ones. I always ones.
0: enjoy them. Yeah, I know. There's, there's definitely some good ones. I mean, it's pretty much some of the similar stuff that you've talked about before. No, the the most memorable one is putting the gaff in my foot. I mean, the thing literally went How in. did you do that? It was like a three, I want to say it's like a three-inch hook on that thing. It's what, what kind of gaff was it? It was an AFCO gaff. Oh. I love the Merida <laughs> stuff. This is, a, this is an AFCO. Um, and it was the thing was crispy. It was. It, thank God it was nice and clean, stainless, surgical um, but I literally it was uh, I think I launched like four in the morning I had my son and one of his buddies on the boat oh that's even worse um, yeah 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 because yeah, <laughs> you can't act like a baby in there. front of yeah that, and right. I'm, I'm, I'm walking up the uh, starboard side of the boat and I literally just feel something grab my foot and uh, and like hold me back I'm like oh what was that I looked down and the hook literally went in the front of my foot and came out like side all, back, the way all the way through like in, in fairly oh, deep I'm like oh shit it was just gushing gushing blood but I'm like there's no way this is not going to stop me from fishing today I'm so pumped. She wrote so, it out. Yeah, I just wrote it out. Taped that sucker up, and and uh, it had a little. Uh, I think I had like paper towels and on the boat, or some rags or something, and kind of just wrote it out. Um, the other one, of course, is the the drain plug deal. You know, like I, I definitely, oh, wow. especially early on, I fished with my son quite a bit. Um, we'd go down, and we'd launch the boat, and and uh, I'd drop the boat one day, um, and I yanked the trailer out at Dana Point, and I start pulling up the hill, and I look over, and I always keep a wrench in the drain plug in the center console. Um, and I see the drain plug and, oh, and the rig sitting in the center console, <laughs> and the thing's tied to the dock. I'm like, ah, oh, shit! I back down the dock real quick, you know, get it, get it loaded back up. But yeah, I mean, that, that's probably the that's the, yeah the, that's the, big, like, the biggest one. And those are
1: good things. I mean, one one
0: other one, I guess I am still a rookie, so it is still a rookie. <laughs> it's a rookie mistake. But uh, Spiesner and I went fishing um, this this uh, I would say probably three or, three or four months ago. Uh-huh. Um, and I always struggle a little bit with uh, fuel capacity. I mentioned that to you on my boat. It's uh-huh. a it's only got an 83 gallon tank on it um, prior, so I I kind of I it holds 83. I think I put about 70 in it. Um, we ended up going to Catalina and we ended up circumnavigating Catalina. So we went all the way around the back, which I typically don't do. Um, had a blast with him. The best day it was awesome. Just learned a ton from him, um, and we split from from the Isthmus uh, probably like four o'clock ish or so. Um, and I'm watching the guy, yeah, we're talking, having a great conversation on the way back and it's a 30 ish mile run and we're talking and talking and he's like, I, I'm watching the gas gauge. And I'm like, fuck, it says it's, it's out and it's bouncing. It's standard. Yeah. And, uh, it's at zero. And I'm like, man, I, let's, let's see how much further we can go. I think we went about another 10 ish miles and I think we we're 12 or 14 miles out from Dana and, and I, yeah, conked out, done, ran, ran, out of fuel. <laughs> call boat you asked they're like we literally have not had a phone call in three months we have three calls right now and oh. it was dusk so we had to sit on it. it took almost three hours randy and i sat out there off of uh you know like 14 miles out newport ish yeah. area basically and we had to Shit. wait wait for cdo to
1: come i've done that ah. i did that with my friend
0: total Anthony,
1: <laughs> because i went i went from huntington harbor went to um in my boat i went down to crystal cove and back yep so i'm like I got a quarter. Of it. I'm fine, and I have a small engine. I was sixty. I'm like I'm fine. So we're at the flat, and I'm like going, and I'm like, well, the same thing.
0: It's bouncing and like,
1: man. So ah. I'm like, <laughs> my buddy's like, what's ha-? he's like? I got to be home. I'm like, well, don't worry. And then I turn on it. I'm like, sorry, man.
0: <laughs> totally. I felt so bad. So first time I've talked to Randy multiple times. It was awesome and he wanted to go fish, and I'm like, let's go. You know, like I'd be so stoked to take you on the boat and stuff, and. We had a blast. A great day. And Randy like, and
1: the, the Matt when I did yeah. their part it was so funny because
0: oh they have the best it, Randy, went, it's so funny randy like was telling me some couple. of the story oh yeah it's like the, the, a married
1: couple cutting each other off un, and it was like dude. unbelievable
0: their early boat and yeah. all the stuff that they did yeah, it's, yeah incredible and I,
1: he's you, he's probably kind of in the same scene because he was in the clothing
0: yeah kind of yeah. you know yep. from the rollerblade yep yeah, no, totally. yeah get along great with him i'm so so stoked i'm a huge fan of the kicker stuff yeah um and and what what those guys have done um, yeah hugron and him and yeah and, uh, yeah yeah
1: yeah, he's a great guy, man.
0: So yeah, that was a, that's a funny one. That's that's one of my rookie mistakes and for also, sure. I, I, mean, I felt so bad, and it, thank God he was totally and his girlfriend was totally understanding. Like, hey, you know, we're going to be in four hours later than we thought we we're going to be, but God. yeah,
1: my wife would just flip out. I don't think she would care. She would just <laughs> yeah, be like, "Are so, oh, you going to be all right? Are going to die?" <laughs> like, I don't know, but if I do come back, you better be very happy.
0: The best thing, the best thing <laughs> of that night, sidebar here on this one was uh, they. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're those. Uh, the sea cucumber things that float, the clear ones that look like dicks. Yes, that they you lo-
1: jack off and they shoot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did so you guys they're, grab they're, them? Did you they're, find them? Those things were everywhere, and it was um, they were glowing. They had the phosphorescence yeah. or whatever to them. They were glowing that night. So we're just surrounded by sea dicks, and we had a million, <laughs> a million interesting, interesting comments along the Maybe way the while we're waiting, while we're waiting, you know, three hours for ceto to come. Oh, Ooh, that's classic! Shit. Before we ran home.
1: Yeah. Is there any uh, thing you want to hit?
0: Oh gosh. Um, I think we covered uh, quite a bit. Um, definitely, uh, are even
1: like people you want to see? Yeah, you I was going to say that kind that of a shout out. out or, shout yeah.
0: out to to my team in and general. Um, uh, I was talking to you a little bit about it earlier, um, but uh, from our perspective, um, I was asking you kind of your your take on on Dark Season from your perspective. I, I feel like I'm. We get so close to the brand and and you know uh, what we're doing daily. You know what's it's that's interesting to hear perspectives from outsiders. That's a great, question, hear, yeah,
1: that's a great uh, question because no one comes in here and goes well what do you think
0: yeah everyone totally. goes yeah, well yeah.
1: let me let me ask you well what do you think and to me yeah like when we talked i, I feel like your company when i look at now that i'm in this for a couple of years like yeah. i didn't pay attention before but now i look and i go okay what are the you know staple companies and i feel like for salt on the on the west coast definitely it's it's you know salty crude made their Thing, but right under Absolutely. your butt it's dark seas. Like I mean, I, you see it everywhere. I mean, I like I said, I go to my kids' school and I see two shirts. That's Salt awesome. Degree, dark seas. I go somewhere, dark seas. You know, and I'm like, oh fuck, you know. And it's I'm like, really, yeah.
0: it's really cool to hear. And it, it's, uh, um, there's that delicate balance. You know, I have so much respect for um, anybody that starts a brand. Um, you know, I, I can the the trials and tribulations you go through, and there's that dynamic. But do you have of any about
1: this? Do you have any good? tips for people that are going to start a brand maybe things that you could be like hey before you do this do this first
0: you know? Ab- absolutely i think there's a there's a couple number one know you that like uh, a little closer to yeah you? yeah no <laughs> number one it's uh know that uh, it's a long haul i think uh i mean of course especially i feel like in kind of the streetwear streetwear marketplace um there's brands that uh that can gain a lot of momentum fairly quickly um with exclusivity those types of things but i think in in our world, probably um, you know the brands that uh, I would say like you know I give credit to the Haggard Pirate guys. I mean those guys yeah. have, they've done a great job of creating a lot of buzz. I think they're very genuine. It appears to me from a distance. I don't know them well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm sure, I don't know the gentlemen that are that are doing it, um, but I pay attention to all that stuff. You know, and and uh, I see brands as they're coming up. I like the authenticity in the sense that um, a, a brand has if they're engaged in and doing you know kind of what they're preaching, so to speak. <laughs> fucked and, up, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they're they're authentic, they're authentic and core to their brand. So I, I have no. R- I, I have respect. I, there. I understand what and you're saying. I have a ton of respect for Salty Crew. You know, those guys are the big boys, and mm-hmm. it's uh, you know we started at a very similar period in time. Um, we didn't. We talked about this earlier too. Uh, it's very important. I, I use the analogy of a brand like Vans. Uh, uh, Vans has done an amazing job of being able to sell coals at the highest level, uh, you know, or just mass, mass uh, tier of sales. Yes. Um, but they've also been able to stay very, very core uh, by. Some of their the, the projects that they do consistently with yes. the most core coolest people and or movements in our trends in in our society. Yes, um, and I think it's really important. Uh, it's really easy to write a brand off like oh those guys are mainstream. Like a, you know, salty crew. At this point, I think uh, it's unfortunate they get that rub of kind of they're they're but see, this is viewed I hate, as a mainstream that brand because but, it's
1: like, well, what do you want me to fucking do? It's like <laughs> right, well, I right. can't stop people from wearing my shit. Like, there's, and that, and there's if you call it like. Okay, a noob or a, uh, whoever it might be is wearing something. It's like, well, yeah. f- what do you want me to do? You want me to tell him, hey, you can't wear my fucking shirt? I no. think it's
0: it just becomes then the the balance, and as as mentioned with a brand like Vans, you know that they're they're covering both bases. They are they're dealing with that side of of their work, but then on the other side, they're doing they're still really engaged in in kind of core uh, concepts or pieces yes. of, of the business as well. Yes. So. I think that, that's really important. It's always something that we, we think of a ton. And I mentioned to you, there's I think it's really important uh, as a brand. Uh, number one, name is huge. Uh, making sure that you have a name uh, uh, that uh, is it's a strong name and th- that's going to stand flows. the test of time. So to speak. To yeah, flows. Well, that's going to stand the test of time. I mean, there's stuff that it's so easy to get caught up in like, hey, this is what's happening right now. This is the trend that's going on. But realizing that this fashion thing or building a clothing brand, it's cyclical. You know, as red hot as fishing is right now, it's going to have a downturn. I mean, that's the that's going to happen. You, you know, it's just like fish appear yeah. and then they go away. Yep. Everybody talks about, you know, 15 was such a banger year. When I grew up, I remember going through El Nino as well, and it was insane. Yeah. I mean, it was an incredible fishing, you know. Um, but that stuff will taper off. So you got to make sure that uh, you have some diversity in your brand as well. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important to address, you know. Um, being a fishing brand is fantastic right now, but if you don't have something to fall back on, if uh, fishing does slow or that trend moves on, it, I think that's, that's an important concept to, to yeah. think about as well. So, Great. those are two. And it, yeah, just time, putting in the time. It's, it is a, it's, it's like a time on the water, time ma- on the <laughs> marathon. Mar- I always say marathon versus sprint. I mean, yes. that, that's what it's all about, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, do you want to give a shout out to some people that yeah, you really appreciate? Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. My team. Uh, we talked about this before, but uh, and where I was going with that is, is you know, we we have to be at a certain level, so it's it's hard for us uh, when we're dealing with. it. I have a huge amount of respect for, say, Tillies and Zoomies, but I also know the the uh, double edged sword there that a lot of people view it like, oh, these guys are blown out now; they're available at some of those accounts. So it, again, we're trying to maintain that balance and work with the most core as as well as uh, you know, while we're doing that business with those guys. Um, and why we do the business with those guys, we are set up as a brand that we have to, I have roughly seven people on my team. Um, and I want to see all of these guys succeed. I want it to be a career for them for life. You know, as long as we can possibly ride this out. I
1: think that's dude, I'm like, if someone makes it into something big, I'm stoked for them. Yeah. It's like, what do you want me to, do you want people to give your, give you free shirts forever and keep making them? It's like, you got to pay sooner or later. and, you got to see them grow as a company, so I don't think by any means that's like not like selling out. You know, you're you're, right, you're expanding right. your company. It's like yeah, amazing. there's
0: I mean, you know it well from bands as well. You know, there, it's it's uh, hey, I'll fucking a,
1: sell out right
0: now, guys. <laughs> there's a there's a perception, so we're we're really conscious of it, and I try to you know it's a again it's a double edged sword. I try to be very conscious of that part. But um, I feel but, like
1: you keep in touch with your like I follow you, so I see that you're always keeping in touch on your media. Yeah, and reposting, ab- reposting. Absolutely. If someone posts up something, you always yep. make a cha- yep, make yep. a you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Number one, thanks. You know, obviously, is all the people that are supporting the brand in general, and the momentum it has been amazing this year. So, thank you to everybody that's uh, you know engaged or is uh, a supporter of the Darcy's brand mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and uh, I guess on the other end, where I was going is is my team of of people that work on the brand. Um, you know in front of and behind the scenes I'm so so stoked to have everybody at a level where hopefully they can continue to grow and it's it's a career for life for these guys you know and I take that part very serious so there is that balance of hey we have to make enough to sustain and and but that can't be the sole driver you know there has to no. be again that that balance of kind of core versus those aspects as well um, that's a, a dynamic that I think sometimes people don't understand but uh, that part's important and it's no, uh,
1: you I, I agree hundred percent
0: yeah yeah it's interesting uh, always to me and and uh i get it but when somebody will comment like sixty dollars for a pair of board shorts and i'm like Man, where where do I even start? Do you want me to explain how gnarly it is to build board shorts? And you know, you can only build them now for the most part. If
1: you guys don't want to buy it, then don't fucking. Totally. You know, like you know, like it's
0: it's a small sidebar um, that I thought was really fun. I think it was Aaron from G Flyer that reached out. He commented like sixty bucks for board shorts, and (laughs) and I'm like, dude, I just bought flyers from Hogan's. Like, uh, look at how much you charge for these damn (laughs) flyers. I'm like, if you want to swap board shorts for flyers, I'm down. Let's do this. But yeah, just it's uh, it's you know there's. Uh, it's all relative I guess you know, to some extent but yeah. Uh, yeah if you know behind the scenes and what it goes into we talked about it with screen printing there's a lot that goes into this stuff that's, well, that's, that's not That's seen.
1: why I like talking about like these fucking shirts cost me a lot of fucking money. Totally. Yeah? Like, yep. I'm not yep. making shit off of them. I thought, oh, it'll be cool, cool for the podcast. Well, I still owe fucking the screen printer money. Yeah. So it's like, yeah.
0: I, There's a perception I, that, you know, and it's funny. We talk you know? about this one all the time, too. Like, that t-shirt shouldn't cost more than $20 in people's eyes. I mean, that's just, that's you know like the ceiling. You should? It should be 35 oh, Totally. It's like, it's, dude, it
1: cost me fucking an arm and a leg. But think
0: about inflation and over yeah. our lifetime. You, yeah. you paid $20 for that shirt. 30 years ago and you're still paying $20 for that shirt now like it's that's not, true it's, because it's I bought totally true
1: 20 bucks totally a long time ago 20 years ago i'm still paying 20, well it should be 30 bucks or i get that i i would do that but at the same time i'm like okay then you got to price your shirts differently so it's like am i going to put a black and white for 15 right and then a you know color color one for, yeah, more. for 35 totally so that's nah, where you get that fucked. doesn't that doesn't work and that, but that's what the cool thing that we talk about so maybe when people buy stuff, they go, "Well, I get it." Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. there's a give and take. So Absolutely. those board shorts might cost you know sixty bucks, but when we sell these other shorts that cost forty or thirty five, yep, yep. you're eating the shit. You know, you know, like on that. Oh yeah, I,
0: yeah, totally. So, but yeah, I want to want to thank my whole team. Um, just shout outs to those guys uh, from Carlos to Kevin, uh, Paul, Matt, Adrian Lopez, Mike Thompson. Um, and then the whole team behind the scenes that does either the screen printing or the warehouse or making sure that the stuff gets out the door, the customer service, all that type of stuff. Um, you know, really, really, we couldn't do it obviously without all these guys. It's a, it's a kind of family deal. I mean, we, we, it's cool. especially through this COVID thing has been really interesting, yeah. um, to kind of watch all the dynamics of, of stuff unfolding and we've had to be distant from each other, so to speak. And, and we're doing zoom meetings, uh, you know, on Mondays and And, uh, um, it's been really, it's fun to watch the creativity come out of uh, people and just the, the segues and, and the, I guess the main thing I wanted to say is just how much these guys grind every day, even during these periods that, that they, Mm -hmm. they make it happen. It's, it's been, it's been awesome. And I'm, I'm super stoked and, and super cool, man. Yeah. And glad to have this team behind it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's one person you forgot.
0: My wife. My that's wife. number number 1. Number 1. I didn't forget. That's that's she's the the, the cherry on top for there sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been supportive for so many years and like I said it's uh was was great to have her um you know get to a point where she could yeah. uh, step back and and uh, from her work and That's amazing, man. Yeah, take yeah. care of the kids and stuff. Um but uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is number one. You always
1: got to thank the wife. That's why I always say. Yes. I love my wife. Thanks for the reminder, there Nick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think that's everything I can think of. Well,
1: cool. Let's uh, so it's Darkseas on Instagram.
0: Yep, uh, yeah, at Darkseas, uh, and then and um, just Darkseas.com for, okay. for the web.
1: When's the next warehouse sale? Not till fall.
0: We 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 try to do them every June and December, but uh, the city we're based out of Irvine right now. Um, we we have uh, a couple of the guys that uh, we work with with the city. Just had a meeting with them last week. We're unable to do the sale. Uh, it looks uh, obviously in June uh, it's looking like August is going okay. to be when we're going to do the warehouse sale again. so keep yeah. an
1: eye out for the warehouse sale I messed up I didn't go to the other one because I got so busy no problem so I'll probably be down at the other one because uh, my kids love their shit so I'm going to go buy some good deal and uh, check out their warehouse sale I'm sure you guys will see it on Instagram and thank you for listening thank you for coming on Chris I really appreciate it
0: uh, it's my pleasure thank you for having uh, me I right. appreciate hey, it man. guys.